With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Metro News, the voice of West Virginia, this is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. Uh, it tracks real super well, but um, not with a 60-pound carp tied to the side. It was a pretty good workout in the back of the dock. Went in behind a little birch tree and see it. I reached down and got the bow positioned and found its horns and dropped down and shot it in the neck. Get ready. Get ready. There you go. Nice shot. Nice shot. West Virginia Outdoors is proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails with over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors, Chris Lawrence. Morning, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Hunting and Fishing Talk on the radio. Glad you're along wherever you might be listening in this morning, whether it's within the confines of the state of West Virginia, on our great affiliate radio stations all over the mountain state or if you're tuned in from somewhere else via the internet we're glad to have you listening in this morning because we've got a very special show to pass along to you and we are packed with stuff to talk about uh of course it's been a very sad week and many of you know that my other job here at metro news is news reporter and anchor and we have had an inordinate amount of tragedy that we have covered this week in the state with various stories, but one of those was the loss of General Chuck Yeager. At age 97, he passed away earlier this week, and uh, all week tributes have been coming in to him. And I, I remember back in 2004, I had an opportunity to interview him when he was here in Charleston, and it turned out to be one of the coolest experiences of my life, and I'm better for, uh, for the experience. And I wanted to replay the um, the interview I did with him. And we pretty much dedicated the entire show that day to General Yeager. So uh, we're going to replay the, that interview coming up uh, a little bit later on. But uh, and, and that's still ahead. I know many of you are tuned in to hear that. But we got other news to pass along as well. The DNR has released the information about the buck season. Hunters killed 38,776 antler deer in the two-week buck firearm season that recently uh, wrapped up. That is a 6% increase from 2019. The top 10 counties were Preston, Randolph, Hampshire, Greenbrier, Pendleton, Hardy, Braxton, Grant, Pocahontas, and Jackson. In that order. And all of that information is posted at the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. I put that up there earlier today. Also, a story that just posted is one we're going to talk about now, and it's one you've probably heard about, and it is this massive set of antlers that was pulled from the Kanawha River. That was found uh, back on Monday. Well, actually, it was found over the course of two days at the London Lock and Dam, and the guy who found them or uh, found the first one was Josh Blake, who works for AEP. I got an opportunity to talk to Josh about that find. Yeah, uh, so part of our uh, work on the Canal River is, uh, you know, we use the, the water that flows down the river to generate electricity. Um, in order to do that, the turbines have to have good water flow, and the, the, the turbines at our hydro plants have 
uh, set of screens in front of those, and those screens keep debris from clogging up the water passageway. Um, the water, or I'm sorry, the debris that's on that is usually leaves, logs, you know, trash that people throw in the river, things of that nature. Um, on Monday morning, obviously there was something else that was on there whenever those, uh, we drop rakes into the river and they scrape the front of those intake screens. And when I scraped those rocks or those uh, screens uh, on Monday morning, I pulled up the right-hand side of that uh, deer that's now circulating. My <laughs> man, it. What was your thought when you saw it? Uh, well, <laughs> actually, as soon as it pulled it up, and I saw it, you know, obviously I'm a deer hunter, so you know I knew what it was. Right. I mean, it was big, so I pretty much about jumped out of my skin and ran over there to grab hold of it. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, how much debris did this thing pull up that, I mean, it must not have been much if you're able to spot that in this debris. Uh, well, yeah, diff different times of the year, you're pulling different types of debris up. So right now we're actually pulling a lot of leaves up right now. So we're, we're pulling, you know, uh, you know, at the different plants. So I work at uh, London, uh, Marmette, and Winfield plant. So the different plants, they have their own characteristics of what they're pulling up and what they pull up at different times of the year. Uh, right now at the London plant, we're pulling up a lot of leaves, uh, very minimal uh, tree debris, things of that nature. Uh, very minimal. Uh, you know, uh, a month ago, you were pulling a lot more trash out of the river and things like that because that's when the water started to come up, the creek started to come up and flushing all the hollows out. So. Uh, all right. So Monday you found, was it the left mm -hmm. one or the right one? I found the right one. The right one, and that's the one that's like actually split, got a split main beam. Is that right? No, no. The, the, I found the right side, which is your more typical side. Okay, okay, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Which is the side that has about 78 inches of antler on it. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> so the next day, I mean, you know, you pulled this out of the river. What a fine. That's a nugget of gold right there. Uh, you had to believe that it was crazy to think you could find the other side of this set of antlers. Yet it happened <laughs> to, the next day. Talk about that. Well, let me tell you, Monday, after I pulled the first side up, I didn't just walk away from it. I sat there and kept dropping that rake in <laughs> for, another, for another hour or two, trying to pull it up, hoping it would come up. Um, obviously, it didn't on Monday, but uh, on Tuesday morning, um, actually, uh, Tuesday morning, I had people working with me, and I kind of told them, warned them ahead of time, I said, listen, yesterday at London Hydro Plant, I mean, this is what I pulled up, and I showed him and all that. And I said, if, if that left side comes up, it's mine, which, you know, I kind of didn't expect them to really give it to me. But uh, about 25 minutes later, they they called me, and they said, we dropped that rake one time. And on the very first time we dropped that rake, we pulled that left-hand side up. And now, they said, but you're never going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 at this point, you're probably going to believe anything. But what was your reaction when you laid eyes on that other side? I uh, jumped in the truck and went driving up the road. <laughs> Put my hands on it. <laughs> that other that other side is more amazing than the right side. As you said, that right side one that you found the first day is typical. But the one on the left, describe it for yeah. us. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's got a double main beam. Um, it's got a lot of trash hanging off in every which direction it goes. I mean, you know, it, it's going everywhere. Um, I don't know what to say. Like I said, it's just uh, obviously when I first saw it, it was that double main beam. 
they got me. It's got a little corkscrew off the off the base uh, on the back of it. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's just got a lot of amazing um, character to it. Was the skull attached to either one of these peaches, pieces or any, any of the rest of the body of this deer? No, we didn't get any of the, none of the body came up, but it just had, uh, you know, it just has two smaller portions of the skull plate. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to talk to Eric Richmond about this, it scored in the 190s, right? <laughs> 191 and 7.8. Golly, that's, that's top 15 of all non-typical deer ever killed in West Virginia. I mean, well, there's more. There's more to it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, you know, they estimated there's somewhere between five to seven inches of, of antler that's been broken off. Oh gosh! <laughs> and then they, they, well, and then they, then they also told me that they believe, due to the discoloration of the antler, they believe this deer went in the river in velvet. That's what they were telling me, that they thought that it was in velvet when it went in. I guess there's a lot of questions. Which means it was still growing. Right. And there's a a lot of questions we'll never be able to know, like where did this deer come from? Because I'm not saying it's out of the question that that deer could be in Kanawha and Fayette County, but I don't know. I mean, and and for it to wind up in the river there, that's how did it get there? You're, you're guessing as good as home. I know. I mean, it, is it a West Virginia deer? Did it get killed in another state and get drug up there by a barge? I mean, there's so many thoughts and, and, and theories about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, you know, I've, I've hunted, you know, all around the area. And uh, obviously, I've never seen a deer <laughs> anywhere near that caliber uh, on the hoof. Um, but, you know... In the day, I mean, everybody that's hunting Eastern Canal County or hunting uh, Fast County, to me, this gives them reason to believe there's one of these running around on the hillside they might run into someday when they're sitting on the side of that tree and it's 10 degrees outside or whatever. Exactly. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you wonder, was it one that somebody shot and it took off, or did he die of old age and wind up in the river? Did he go in for a drink and get sucked under? I mean, how, how in the world did this happen? That's That's what's been perplexing me ever since I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, my mind's running crazy. You know, I started sending texts to all my friends, and, they, you know, they're asking me all these same questions, and I don't have any answer. I'm just a guy that somehow luckily pulled it up out of the river. You know, I mean, we don't even know how long it's been in there. You know, was it in there? Was it this year that it died? Did it die two years ago? Because the DNR told me that due to all the river mud and stuff like that, that this was obviously buried in. I mean, this thing is... Uh, it's foul to the smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, they told me, they said, you know, due to it being buried in that mud and stuff, they said it would have preserved it. Ah, okay. Um, I was going to ask about yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's, <laughs> there's so many questions, you know, did it come out of Boomer? You know, did it come, you know, because it was on the upstream side of uh, Handley. Like you said, did it come in in a barge? You know, I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's an incredible story, an incredible find. What are you going to do with them now? Oh, wow. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of opinions given to me. A lot of people say, uh, you know, fix it, have it repaired, you know, all this kind of stuff. But that's, I mean, for me personally, that's kind of, you know, the story is that deer came out of the river and it came out of the river the way it is. I don't, I don't foresee, uh, unless something changes in my mind, I don't foresee having that rock cleaned up and repaired and all this kind of stuff. Cause I don't know what that deer looked like on the hoof. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that 
when this story gets out that maybe somebody has a trail cam pick or something like that they'll send us that uh, maybe tells more of the story. Um, I'm hoping when it's all said and done we find out it is West Virginia deer. Yeah. Well, man, you you, you have uh, you have a rare article there. Congratulations to you on finding that, and you better go buy that lottery ticket. <laughs> All right, thank you, Chris. That is Josh Blake. He's from Taze Valley, uh, Sky Depot, West Virginia. Found those antlers in the river this weekend. I've got a picture of them with the story right now at the outdoors page of wvmetronews.com. When we come back. My interview with Chuck Yeager for the rest of the show. Show us what you got in your most recent hunting and fishing trip. The Ram Trophy Photo Contest is up and running at the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. We want to see you add your trophy pictures to the collection, whether it's that big buck you've been after, that monster bass you caught last spring, or your kid's first squirrel. If it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Prizes awarded monthly in a random drawing of all entries. Upload your pics at the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. The Ram Trophy Photo Contest from Metro News and Ram Trucks for those who stand apart. Who is CEC? Civil and Environmental Consultants is West Virginia's fastest growing engineering firm over the past five years. Our growth reflects the confidence of clients in the manufacturing, mining, natural gas, power, public sector, real estate, and solid waste markets. They know what CEC's senior leadership, integrated services, and personal business relationships can make possible. Visit wearecec.com for more. CEC. Big firm capabilities, small firm culture. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding, Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
There was a warm wind weaving through the trees It was an early breath of spring Like a young bird soon to leave its nest I yearned to stretch my wings Though the teardrops fell like a morning rain I knew I had to go I had always dreamed of casting my shadow in He's a favorite son of West Virginia, although he hasn't lived here in more than 60 years. Retired Air Force Brigadier General Chuck Yeager has deep roots in the Mountain State. From his birth in Myra to his boyhood in Hamlin, Yeager may have traveled and lived in many places, but his roots are uncommonly clear West Virginia. Do you get back here very much? No. Uh, I come back about once a year, Chris, and normally not to Charleston, but to to Huntington because Marshall University has a Jaeger Scholar Program and it starts a new class <clears throat> every October and I come back and talk to the new, new class. So you get back about once a year? Then. Yeah, and I don't have, I got a sister that lives in Taze Valley down Hurricane, but that's all the family I got back here. Uh-huh. What uh, Talk a little about when you were growing up down there in Lincoln County, well, water. <laughs> I'm, I'm a typical kid, uh, Chris. Uh, you know, you, you, you I would say all the kids during that area of the of late 20s and 30s, uh, the recreation that you had available to you normally was uh, associated with the woods, and it ended up hunting and fishing. And, of course, you had all the sports in, in school, like football and basketball. I played in a band, and, and, uh, and it, it's just a typical way to be raised, but it was a good way to be raised because basically uh, – Kids learned right from wrong, and they sure as hell you know, were well-disciplined, and they respected, you know, they honored the flag and, and their country, and that's, that's the way people were raised in those days. And you, you knew not to, you know, not to do things wrong that were outrageously wrong. Hell, we were not <laughs> angels, obviously, and we did a few things that, you know, mischievous things that uh, boys do. Uh, like stealing grapes or, or something like that at night. But Watermelons. Ba- basically, <laughs> you, you know, you learn right from wrong and what we had high moral standards, and that's the way it was. And, and discipline was a way of life, and, and that, I think that's one of the big problems we have today is, is kids get away with murder because their parents will not discipline and make them toe the line, and you know it just, it's a free country for them, unfortunately. What the, were, were there? I, I know that there has been talk that so many years ago there just wasn't any deer and and bear and turkey. Was there plenty of deer back when well, you were growing up? No, there, in fact, there were no deer in Lincoln County. As as, as I said, all of our hunting for deer would be up in in Randolph County, where the deer were. And the reason was everybody owned horses and cattle and plowed with horses and and uh, milk cows and and ran things like that and as a consequence all of the underbrush was grazed down so there were no cover very little cover you had walnut trees hickory nuts and and other hardwoods but uh, that's the reason there was no big game there were wild turkey up in the hollers there were lots of squirrels because there's hardwood you know with hickory nuts and walnuts and uh, there were lots of rabbits because of the, you know, the briar patches. And they're very, I remember one or two coveys of quail that maybe would be within 10 miles of, of Hamlin. 
but they were never huntable, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the kind of things we lived on was was squirrels and and prim- and primarily rabbits because they're pretty thick and they were very good eating. That's the other thing is you don't find too many people anymore that literally hunt to feed their family. I mean, most everybody's well, doing quite well, and it's, it's, it's a recreation. Hard. It's too hard, <laughs> Chris. It, it's you know very few people want to go out and shoot a wild turkey or shoot a squirrel or shoot a rabbit and clean it well you know you had to and that that supplemented your supper your dinner table uh, all of the game that we shot and that's the way it yeah that's just the way it was a lot of the guys in the in the military and army and then later the air force talked about what a good shot you were that's not unusual for somebody who uh, had to shoot what he ate was it well, you know, one of the things that came out of World War II that was very interesting, and we, we sort of made a study after World War II was over, especially in Europe where we had good records of German aircraft losses and, and our, our, all of our records, of course. We found out that of all the fighter pilots involved in combat, all of these fighter pilots, only 11% of the, all of the fighter pilots shot down 90% of the airplanes. You know, that's a, that's a heck of a discrepancy. And you say, why? You know, what, what was the commonality of these 11% who did so much versus what the other guys did? And, and doing some research, it finally come out, came to the surface that almost without exception, every guy, you know, of those 11% who destroyed the majority of the airplane were raised as rural kids. And it was really amazing. None of them were raised in a city. They were raised as rural kids on a farm. They had a shotgun or rifle. They understood deflection shooting. And, and they were aggressive and self-sufficient. And that's a farm boy. And that's, that paid off. Now, today, that doesn't work. See, because every, <laughs> everything's computer enhanced. So it's done for you today, so you don't use instinct. But that was a rather interesting thing that came out, and that's the reason, you know, that, that farm boys uh, were so successful in combat. You, you, just, you uh, told a story in one of your books about uh, some of the things that, tricks that you would do to, to be even more accurate with those uh, P-51 guns and driving nails well, down. What, yeah, what did that do for you? Basically, your, the shims around barrels would wear out because the, the action of the barrel against a a shim or a bushing, and and they would become loose, and you get a lot of dispersion. Mm-hmm. And hell, we just tighten them up, and you know, for two or three missions, and you have to replace the nails or something <laughs> like that. that. That's just common sense, and and uh, you, today all that crap's done for you. You know. <laughs> Did uh, when you you mentioned too that you're not really a, a trophy hunter per se. You won't call a trophy, but you you really don't go hunting for trophies. Chris, I've never been a trophy hunter, and even today, it's funny here, a couple years ago, I was hunting up in Oregon with a rancher, and he was, uh, we were driving in his pickup truck around, and I saw four big old bull elk, man, really big six-pointers, and they're beautiful. He said, man, look at that one in front, he's a giant, shoot him. And I looked up through my scope at him, and I looked the second, the third, and the fourth, and then something caught my eye at the left, I looked, and here's a spike. So I just dropped back and hit that spike under the ear he went down and he, the rancher said damn it you missed him and i said no i didn't he said yes you look look at him running around the hill 
And I said, come on up here. And I went up there. He said, I'm not going to invite you up here no more shooting this little old spike when you got big bulls. I said, you can't eat the horn. I've never hunted trophies in Africa. And even today, if I'm out deer hunting or elk hunting, I shoot the first animal that's legal that I see because I'm after meat. And that's just the way you're raised, you know. And so consequently, I don't have any trophies. And mm-hmm. to me, that's... You know, that's, that's all well and good to each his own, you know, a lot of egomania involved in, the, in that trophy hunting, but, and very rich people do it, but that's, they can do their thing, and I do mine. My interview with Chuck Yeager from 2004. More to come right after this. Tired of hanging around the house, itching for adventure, then escape to the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. That's right, the trails are open, and while trailhead facilities will remain closed for now, over 700 miles of high-octane adventure is waiting for you. West Virginia annual resident permits are only $26.50, so get your ticket to ATV Paradise online at trailsheaven.com or see a Hatfield-McCoy retailer and escape to the best trails in the USA. Ram trucks are built to serve, which is why during the Ram Big Finish event, we serve you the Ram 1500. Because with an available feature like a legendary Hemi V8, you can continue leading the way. We present our most powerful heavy-duty truck ever for 2021. Because with best-in-class diesel torque and towing among 350 and 3500 pickups when properly equipped, you can keep lending a hand. Because we are all built to serve. Come in now during the Ram Big Finish event where we're serving great deals. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. Hey, sis. Missed you this morning. Kim told me you weren't feeling well, so I'm just doing a self-care check. Ah, oh, thank you, friend. How you doing? Girl, listen, my energy was so low because I didn't eat breakfast when I got up, so I had to miss virtual yoga with y'all. Mm, trust me, I understand. But I'm doing much better now that I've eaten, so I'm back on track. Great. In that case, let's get some steps in tonight. I'll come over and we can walk around the lake. Sounds good. Appreciate you being in my business, too. Now, let me get in yours. Did you check your blood pressure today? I did that and my squats, okay? Okay. High blood pressure is not going to be my friend if I can help it. See you at 6? Let's get it. See you then. Now more than ever, it's important that we protect our hearts and the hearts of those we love. Check in on one another and be a part of a healthy blood pressure movement. Rally your squad to take the online pledge at releasethepressure.org. Brought to you by the Release the Pressure Coalition and the Ad Council.
Although this is a show dedicated to hunting and fishing, you cannot have a discussion with Chuck Yeager without delving into aviation. I mean, after all, come on, you're talking to the general. My teacher in second grade, Miss Anna Noble, told me that you were somewhat like Columbus. When he left, they said the world was flat. He said I'd prove him wrong. You always thought that, thought that sound barrier could be broken, didn't you, even when other well, people said no, it could? I never gave it any thought, and that's, that's a thing that people don't quite understand, I'm sure. Basically, you don't know what you can do. Like, we didn't know we could break the sound barrier. We never planned to break it on October the 14th, uh, you know, 47. But it was something that had to be done, you know. And so you, you take your chances. And you're either successful or you aren't. And a lot of guys, you know, bought the farm out there at Edwards uh, fooling around in airplanes that weren't designed like the X-1 was and, and end up killing themselves. But that's, that's research flying. You don't know what you can do, and that's the reason you're flying research airplane, is to find out what you can do. And that's, we found out that we, we used the X-1 to break the sound barrier. We found out that the airplane didn't blow a fly apart or you didn't drop dead. So that's, that was our job. And that's, you never plan nothing because you don't know because you're fooling around the unknown. You, a lot of people talk about uh, that, that little incident at Southside Bridge here in town. Tell us that story. Well, just, <laughs> no, you know, it's that we, I just come back from the war and we, you know, when you're flying combat, you take advantage of everything you can to live. And basically, uh, I flew, I flew under a lot of things where when a big old hundred millimeter shells going across your canopy at about three feet. And, uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I remember I came in here in 48, I think it was, and to visit my dad and mom, Delwood Hamlin. So I brought a P-80, one of the first Lockheed jets in from right field and parked it up at the airport. <clears throat> and I took, took off, and, and I think I took off towards town, turned left, went up around the capital, and the river's beautiful, the Kenora River's a beautiful river. And I just dropped down on the river and yeah, I had about, you know, 11 feet of clearance uh, between it and the, and, the, and the bridge, and I just stayed right down real close to the water going about, you know, 450 mile an hour. And the thing that surprised me, I, I was not looking way up ahead. I was staying focused in on about 100 yards so I could stay the right distance above the water and blow the bridge. And I looked there, and here's a boat regatta coming up the river, a whole bunch of people in boat. And man, I said, Jesus. <laughs> so I went under the bridge, and, and as soon as I got under, these guys were bailing out, and I just pulled the airplane up and got out of here and went back to right field. What was funny, every time I'd come back here to visit Mom and Dad with Pity, the dumb news photographers be lying the river down <laughs> the camera. I said, I learned in the war, never make more than one pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, now, who was the feller that said you tore all his corn down? Ah, uh, that's, you know, that's rumors of people. People don't understand, you know, they exaggerate a lot. Oh, really? That's yeah, well, that's, <laughs> you don't, you can't, Christ, you, you can't do that with a little old airplane. <laughs> yeah, you see, said you went one way, knocked it down, and you told him, well, I go the other way on the way out and stand it up. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a literary license. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you graduated from Hamlin High School, and... In the, in that day and age, I mean, there were there were a lot of people that didn't even get that far in school. But well, no, I'd say basically, 
most of the kids that I went to school with, you know, we were in grade school together. And Hamlin was not a big town, you know, four to 600 people. And some of the kids came out of the hollers, like Mud River and, and places like that. And, and basically, uh, by the time we made it to high school, graduated, there was about probably 35 or 40 kids, seniors. It's a small school, because mm-hmm. it's a small town. And uh, we, you know, we all graduated, uh, and uh, we were average students. I don't think anyone was a genius, but we got by, and, and the teachers were good. They taught us things we needed to know, and especially in geometry and algebra and, and, and things like that, and typing, you know, and history and English literature, I probably was a sorry student. And, but, you know, that's the way boys are, because I like to hunt and fish and, and, uh, and run around in the, in the woods. And basically, uh, I think there was about 19 boys that graduated from school in my class. All of us went into service. Why I went in the Army Air Corps, I have no idea. Probably because the recruiters better than the Navy or the Army recruiter. Hell, airplanes didn't mean anything to me, and they, you know, that, that surprises a lot of people. Because I never saw an airplane on the ground. Cause then I never was in one until I got in the Army Air Corps, and 41 was a crew chief. And it, it you know, it's just uh, things, you're at the right place to the right time. That's about the only thing you can, you can chalk it up to, and, and being lucky. And consequently, a lot of the guys, I think the 19 guys went in, a lot of them were killed in the Baton Death March uh, because we got in in September 41. See, and we got caught in, like in, in the Philippines and places like that. Well, I went in as a crew chief, and then uh, I just know I'd never been in an airplane, and it didn't mean anything to me, and they still don't really. I'm not addicted to speed. It's just a job, and you know, it's interesting. And, and I'm obviously quite good at it because I fly more than anyone else. So what what I did was I applied for pilot training because I noticed that pilots had a lot more, you know, made more money than I did. And I thought it might be fun. I had no idea what it was like, obviously. And so I went when I went into flying school, and I found it was easy for me. And, and the instructors, you know, said, you're real natural. And because of my visual acuity and hand-eye coordination. And then once I got my wings and, and went into, see, I went through flying school as a corporal. I was a GI pilot, sergeant pilot, not a cadet, so I wasn't going to get commissioned. And so when I got to be a, out and they made me a flight officer and I went into a fighter squadron, I found out, man, I can fly this airplane a little bit better than those other guys can. And, and that's, I got started, I loved to fly, so I flew a lot. And the guy that flies the most is the best. It's that simple. We'll talk more with Chuck Yeager, my interview from 2004 with the late general coming up. Show us what you got in your most recent hunting and fishing trip. The Ram Trophy Photo Contest is up and running at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. We want to see you add your trophy pictures to the collection, whether it's that big buck you've been after, that monster bass you caught last spring, or your kid's first squirrel. If it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Prizes awarded monthly in a random drawing of all entries. Upload your pics at the Outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. The Ram Trophy Photo Contest from Metro News and Ram Trucks, made for those who stand apart. 
Devana Corley, Director of Strategic Client Development with Civil and Environmental Consultants, talks about her future with CEC. So I'm excited about my future with CEC because every morning when I wake up, I can't wait to go out and see what that day of opportunity is going to bring. As an employee-owned company, we as individuals within the company are empowered to make decisions that not only will best impact and serve our clients, but will also be in the best interest of the company. And I'm very proud to be part of that. Find out what CEC can do for you at WeAreCEC.com. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Meet Bob Minetti. My wife and I just celebrated 45 memorable years together. She and my daughter Katie are my anchors. Bob and Wendy spent time fundraising for health care causes. I guess I liked it so much, I decided to become a patient. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I assumed that there was no hope for people with my diagnosis. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm so glad that I learned about what was possible for me. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to ensure that everyone facing this diagnosis knows about the immense progress being made. Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation are working together to make every person diagnosed into a long-term survivor, like Bob. Visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. When it feels like the world has stopped, good finds a way. Good is happening even now. Good connects us, even when we can't get close. Good never stops, and neither does Children International. With support from caring friends, we help provide children and families with the critical essentials they need. Essentials like food assistance, hygiene education, medical help, and financial support. To learn more, go to children.org slash help today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. to West Virginia Outdoors. Chris Lawrence with you, continuing my conversation with General Chuck Yeager. Mom made us go to Sunday school every Sunday, prayer meeting on Wednesday. We were good kids. Uh, that's stretching the truth a little bit, but basically we were raised uh, pretty right. Yeah. And uh, so consequently, when 
when we got into combat, see, that's the thing that, that people don't understand is when you fight a war, and we were young, I was 20 years old when I was flying combat as a, a Mustang pilot, you learn real quick there's no morality in a war. And you either kill or be killed, and that's the way we looked at it, and that's the way I looked at it. said, my job is to protect the bombers, and the way I protect them is, is wipe a German Air Force out. And that was our job. And it, there's no morality involved. There's, you know, you, you fight to win. And how you, how you win, you know, that's up to you. And you saw kamikazes and the jam, Japan did. Hey, those guys, you know, believed in it, and that's what they did. And you can't blame them because, you know, that's, they were fighting for their country. Germany's fighting for their country. We were fighting for our country, and that's basically the way you look at it. And there's no morality involved. So, just job you got to do. It's job you got to do, and even today, you know, people say, "Well, how can you kill somebody else?" Real easy when he's trying to kill you. It's just, it's that simple. You know, you that's your duty, and and got people don't understand it. When you get in the military and put a uniform on, you're very loyal to your country, and what your country tells you to do, you do. What about what? What's your favorite place in the world? You've hunted and fished all over the well, world. What's your favorite? I I would say, you know, yes, I've hunted and fished in a lot of country. To me, there's nothing will ever beat Alaska. Really? It's it's fabulous for salmon fishing. Of course, it's colder and hell and, and snow in the winter, but man, is it nice in the summer. Uh, as a country, though, I'd say New Zealand is one of the probably the top of the list that I've the people the country, the game, and there's no predators, so game is plentiful, and uh, they're wonderful, wonderful people. So. Do you still spend your first two weeks in July up in Sierra? Yeah, basically, uh, I've spent as high as a month up there. Still going, if normally, I would have gone in day before yesterday, but Jim Zumbo <laughs> talked me into coming back here talking to the Outdoor Writers Association, so that screws my this year up, I'll go in next year. No yeah. I've been doing it for 55 years. So. Yeah, I know. Well, and and you bring along varying guests, but uh, you, you you got some rigid requirements before you let them tag along, don't well, you? Well, basically, <laughs> it's a, it's a it's not an easy not an easy trek, and you're careful who you take up there. You don't just take anybody. Yeah, somebody get hurt, it ruin the trip. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wipes the whole party out. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, uh, Want to ask you too? What about uh, hunting and fishing in West Virginia? Do you ever get back here to do that? I after the war, I came back and hunted up Richwood for a deer and bear with Dad, and that's some of that old Schaefer, the yeah. sheriff <laughs> in my book about, about this old jip that had a, this old sow bear had a cub and killed this jip and got it. It, it you know it was really funny, but that's that's game you know yeah. and that's hunting and, and yeah I, uh, I West Virginia is a long ways away from California where I live mm -hmm. well and I, lo I love elk hunting that's my favorite hunting and uh, hell they're getting elk in Kentucky they're moving there's, uh, there's really no reason they shouldn't put a herd up here in, the, in this state so. so you'd like to see that then well I, I think I think they'd make out like a burglar see even when I was a kid and being raised, poachers were quite common, and and to be a game warden was 
was worth your life. You know, and, and that's the way it was back then. He's, the old farmers figured they owned everything. They owned the game, and nobody's going to tell them when they can shoot it. And it was a very serious problem. <laughs> Dangerous business. Well, it's a serious <laughs> problem. And, but now the professional wildlife managers are doing you know, an outstanding job. That's one of the things that I really get disappointed in legislators and and, and, you know, environmental wackos to steal one of <laughs> Rush Limbaugh's expressions. But people it just don't understand you have to manage wildlife or they all starve to death, overpopulate and starve to death. And it, it's that simple. And uh, it just, you know, it's, you see like a state that votes no harvesting of deer. The deer go around eat up all our roses. And so they call the mayor and say, I, the deer's eating my roses. Uh, what do you, well, we'll have a little hunting season. Oh, no, 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 I don't want them killed. I want you to catch them and move them to somebody else's property. See? That's that's about the way it is when you get politicians in the wildlife management. And, and here in the state today, I think Governor Wise has done a good job in putting some pretty professional people in, in wildlife management. and. And basically, you have to have professionals in wildlife management. When the legislators start trying to manage wildlife, it really gets screwed up. And I live in a state which is a really, really good example of how you can screw things up on the mountain lion problem and, and, and things like that. And it, you sit there and look at it and say, hey, what can you do? Majority rules. That's... That's it. And we will wrap up my conversation with General Chuck Yeager from 2004 here on West Virginia Outdoors. Coming up in a moment, right after this. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone ram trucks are built to serve which is why during the ram big finish event we serve you the ram 1500 because with an available feature like a legendary hemi v8 you can continue leading the way we present our most powerful heavy duty truck ever for 2021 because with best in class diesel torque and towing among 350 and 3500 pickups when properly equipped you can keep lending a hand because we are all built to serve Coming now during the Ram Big Finish event where we're serving great deals. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. COVID-19 can hit and hurt everywhere and everyone, but children living in the world's poorest places face the greatest risks of all. For more than 80 years, Child Fund has been working across Africa, Asia, and the Americas, helping millions of vulnerable children. And now we're working even harder to see that families have what they need to keep their kids from going hungry and to meet other needs. All so children can grow up healthy, educated, and safe. As we socially distance, COVID-19 pushes us apart. But as we help children around the world, we pull together. 
In the biggest emergency response in our 80-year history, Child Fund is working to make sure that children not only survive this pandemic, but thrive beyond it. Learn more at childfund.org. As America's leading CEOs, businesses, and brands, we're 100% in for democracy. That's why we've encouraged our employees and customers to make their voices heard in this year's historic election. We celebrate the record number of voters who cast their ballots. We thank poll workers and recognize elections officials as the trusted source for results. And we encourage patience as officials count every vote. America's democracy is strong. Our companies are united. We support our employees and our customers. And we support the communities where we live, where we work, and where we vote. Together, we're 100% in for democracy. Join us at civicalliance.com. back to West Virginia Outdoors. Just a few minutes to go here with talking with General Chuck Yeager this morning. Had a chance to talk to him last Saturday when the, the Outdoor Riders Association was in town. He was the keynote speaker. and He's just a wealth of stories, as you can probably gather, just from what we've heard from him this morning. But, uh, uh, well, just to wrap it up, here's the way that interview wrapped up. Even though you, you don't, you seem to feel like it everybody considers you a hero what's the hero business to you mean no there isn't any such thing I, you know i i'm a military guy i do my job and uh yeah i i, I laugh when pilots ask me i said man you don't have to be good to be a hero all you gotta do is outlive your peers so nobody be there to tell to tell on you when you tell lies you know <laughs> and I, no that's basically uh you know, you, you're lucky to live. And, and basically the reason I live is because I know more about my egress and like ejection seats and pressure suits and things like that than the guy that invented them. Because you have to use such things as your ejection seats and pressure suits and parachutes, sometimes in a semi-conscious state. And, and you better know what you're doing. And there's been times that I've been very, very close to the ragged edge. But I got away. When you finally do auger in, how do you want people to remember Chuck Yeager? Uh, make a damn to me. It's their problem. <laughs> it's the way I see it. <laughs> no, I, you know, you, you make your le- legacy when you're living. And, and how some people will remember you, their opinion of you is sorry, and others' opinion of you is good. So that's the way life is. If that's not the best example of how a native West Virginian looks at 
is life and death. I don't know what is. That is uh, the conclusion of my interview with General Chuck Yeager that was conducted in 2004. For some context there, that he was in town, that was the year that the Outdoor Riders Association of America, uh, of which I was a member at the time, was holding its national conference here in Charleston. And... I had a he was the keynote speaker for that conference, and Jim Zumbo, who many of you know from his many years of writing an outdoor life, and and now as an independent outdoor writer, he and Jaeger were were they were tight friends. They'd been friends for a year, and Zumbo was the one who convinced him to come and be the keynote speaker. So that's who he was referring to when we were we were talking about that. And the trip to the High Sierras. Uh, every year for, as he said, 55 years, for as long as he was able, they would go up there into the, uh, the Sierra mountains, they'd hike in and they'd stay there for two weeks in the summertime and literally live off the land. They would, uh, they'd catch trout and that's what their food would be. They weren't packing in any food. They would literally eat trout. Now, when he was on active duty, he would take that trip, and if there was an issue and he was needed back at uh, wherever it was, it was interesting. The base had instructions to send a man flying over where they were going to be, and they would throw a message on a roll of toilet paper out of the cockpit to him. <laughs> That's That literally is the communications they had back in those days about what he needed to do or to get back or or whatever you have. And uh, you can read more about it. I would encourage you, if you are a Jaeger fan and you have not read it, you need to read his two books. Many people don't really, you know, everybody has probably read the right stuff. That's not Jaeger's biography. There's one biography. uh, His his first one is called Jaeger. That's actually the name of it. And it covers... Pretty much his his life uh, in in an airplane, from his exploits over Europe in World War II to the test pilot years, and then on to uh, uh, general aviation later in life. The second book, though, is the one that you need to get, and it's called Chuck Yeager: Further Adventures in the Good Life. That's the one where he talks about his love and passion for hunting and fishing, and details a lot of great outdoor stories from literally around the world a great american a great west virginian and uh, at age 97 he lived a full life we hated to see him go but man what a legacy and that's probably one of the greatest opportunities i've ever had in this job to sit down for an hour with chuck yeager there so uh i hope you enjoyed it and uh, and and coop says my voice has changed in 16 years i hope it sounds better i hope my interview skills are better uh, they 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 certainly could have used some improvement as I critiqued my questions to the general there. Uh, Again, the story of the big uh, buck rack found in the Kanawha River is posted now at the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com, along with those uh, buck season figures the DNR released yesterday. That'll wrap up today's show. Have you all a great weekend and a great week. We'll talk to you next Saturday, everybody.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.